back to a Mark's Madness collaboration. Oh, yeah. We are back. We are all here. We are all doing it again. We're doing it again. Doing it. (laughs) Yep. Collaborating with uh, Shigmani 2 of... I I remember it translates to the Red Road. What was the name? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm rebranding. (laughs) (laughs) Chunkaluta. Chunkaluta, yes. Yeah, so that just means Red Road. It's a philosophical concept in Lakota that we'll get deeper into on that side of things. So <laughs> keep an eye out. Hey. Always a million things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Never stops. Uh, and uh, this week we will be continuing our reading of The Red Deal. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to be uh, touching on some current events as we are wont to do. Uh, starting off with a, another, I think I don't know. I don't know who said it. I, I might have been. I don't. I don't remember who said it. But it, this was predictable. <laughs> Yeah. And incredibly I mean, uh, devastating all at the same time. Uh, another yeah. uh, mass shooting event, um, this time at a uh, LGBTQ nightclub in, uh, it, uh, where the hell was it? Oh, my God. Colorado Springs. Colorado, Colorado Springs. Springs. Um, killing five, I believe was the number I, I last saw. Yeah, it was five dead, 13 injured, and this was, mind you, this was the day after some, like, Republican operatives were trying to to call Antifa a threat because some John Brown gun club members were defending a different gay club at a different part of Colorado, and this is also the day that there was set, there was a drag show, and the next day there was going to be um, a drag, uh, or brunch with drag queens, which is a, a pretty common, like you know, it's gone back decades. Pretty common uh, LGBTQ plus yeah. uh, activity at gay bars, like family fa- friendly activity. Um, and of course, the groomer language incited this. Libs of TikTok, I believe, actually pointed directly to this, um, which has has been an account that has basically you know sent out targets. That's that's why there's been bomb threats at children's hospitals and things like that. Um, because of, of this massive fascist uprising, um, you know, it's, it's, it's very scary and, and terrifying and all the more reason why, you know, solidarity is, is, is so important and we all need to defend each other. You know, I mean, the, the, the Republicans basically freaked out about like the John Brown gun club defending the one gay bar because it probably prevented a similar event, Um, and unsurprisingly, some details here too, uh, and Nathan can get into more. Um, there was a Republican, uh, relative yeah. that stormed on January well, 6th of the shooting. And, and kind of in the same place of we protect each other, um, and, and communities protect each other. The, the person that the, the killer was taken down and, and there were, there were, I saw, you know, right wing people trying to point to, oh, first respond. Oh, the first responders were, who were on the, it, it were people it was patrons inside the club that took down the shooter it was the community that that defended itself in and, that instance and the person that did was arrested and held in handcuffs covered in in um, blood from basically having to beat up the shooter to get the gun out of their hand 
for an hour pleading, you know, that, I mean, they were traumatized and they just saved everybody's life and they just wanted to talk to their family. Um, but cops are there to spread trauma and they're there to control the situation, right? Crowd control is their thing. Sometimes they'll even come down on fascists or persecute actual, you know, dangerous, even white supremacist crimes because it's crowd control, because crowd control to them is part of people control. And the same crowd control leads them to arrest the actual heroes that take down the shooters when the quote unquote first responders don't. It's the same crowd control that kept parents out um, in, in uh, I suddenly Uvalde. lost the recent school. Sh- Uvalde, Uvalde, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the same attitude. And of course, other things too, is uh, the shooter was on the FBI's radar as they always are, always are. And at some point, I, I don't know if you can really say that they're useless so much as, you know, I, I remember, do you remember in 2014, there was this big rash of like the FBI stopped terrorist shootings and you read the details and they basically set up the terrorist yeah. shooting. It was always in trap. Yeah, like citations needed really good coverage. Yes, of it, they did. By I, the that's way. what I remember. Um, and I wonder how many of these shootings, because they're always on the FBI's radar, you know, come from that, right? They're, they're entrapment that essentially didn't get entrapped in time or, you know, someone in the FBI wanted to slip through the cracks. Um, and I wonder how much is just, of course, the FBI being useless because their actual job is to reinforce white supremacy and uphold the state. It's not to protect people. Yeah. And and so you end up with a a kill uh, a shooter who grandfather was a Republican uh, a, a assemblyman, I think is his official title in, in California, um, mm-hmm. was at the January 6th uh, insurrection, whatever you want to call it. Um, it, it just a very clear ideological grounding in what was happening and why and who was being targeted and why they were being targeted, and something I think as as absolutely appalling as that facet of it has been to just have another five lives taken senselessly, all all almost directly tied back to straight up stoicistic terrorism being done online of, of just mm-hmm. you know rallying people to this groomer language and all of this bullshit um the response from the right in the couple days since yeah. this is a couple days we're recording this a couple days after um has been terrifying because they're not even yes. trying they're not even trying to do the thoughts and prayers and pretend they're act- well, L- Lauren Boebert did, who's from California, because that probably hits a little too close to home. She's from Colorado. Oh, Colorado. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know why I said California. I got you. From Colorado. Um, so it probably hits a little too close to home for her to get away from doing that, although she's definitely part of this group. One of the big, heady ones that has been openly, you know, forwarding yeah. the grooming and language. And it's, it's also, it's where it's coming, it, it, because again politicians and actual people that have like an accountability structure that could actually affect them they're mm-hmm. kind of towing the line the people that aren't mm-hmm. are the real and the people that have been are getting empowered the Tim in this Pools, the Tucker Carlson the Ben Shapiro's the, the, the all of these guys the all of this mm-hmm. stuff that is all- running free wild and ready to roam in 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 the new era of Twitter whatever the fuck that is that we're living in um, but there is there. I mean, Matt Walsh, all of these guys, mm-hmm. um, Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh and Tim Pool explicitly are just are, are straight victim blaming. They're not even trying to hide it. They're saying if you wouldn't have been grooming our kids, this wouldn't have happened. That's they've gone to that. There is zero yeah, and, differentiation and, anymore. 
And let's get very clear too. Some people try to point it out. It is useful to point out hypocrisy, to point out lies, and we do it all the time. Okay, hypocrisy is not appealing beyond that because when someone is being hypocritical, it's really either not that bad and they're on the right side, or it's not what they're actually doing wrong, and the hypocrisy is just part of something bigger. And with Matt Walsh, that's the case. Matt Walsh, straight up, he wants to openly wants to lower the age of consent openly you know has has the backs of of actual pedophiles openly talks about how fertile young girls yes. are. Whoa. yes 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 i have never weird. heard a person that talk is... about children's genitalia more than matt fucking walsh yeah, seriously, is, it's not a common conversation. What the hell? And that is that is independently appalling. And then this groomer stuff that that Matt Walsh puts forward is independently appalling. And as you can see here, deadly. And it's been deadly. This is it, you know, manifesting in a shooting that makes it even more uh, terrifying. But it has always been deadly, right? You push people into the dark, out of the public eye. You intimidate them. You scare them. You scare people away from hospitals. You know, you give people a sense of hopelessness, which can cause, you know, lead to a lot of like self harm and things like that. You know, I mean, this has always been deadly, and this is just a, a peak, a crescendo of that. Well, I mean, it'll go up from there, but this is just it manifesting in, in a very tangible, in your face way, right? And so, of course, Matt Walsh is a hypocrite, and sometimes it's important to use that hypocrisy to point out how much he is lying. It's also important to be independently disgusted by those two things. Um, but let's remember that that hypocrisy, other than it being just a facet of two horrible things about Matt Walsh and something that proves the lie, is not really the primary thing that's wrong here. The primary thing that's wrong here is Matt Walsh's personal pedophilia and Matt Walsh's disgusting, bigoted hatred of LGBTQ plus people and the stochastic terrorism that comes with yeah. it. Yeah. And so, again, the 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 playbook is ramping up exponentially every single time this happens. We didn't see this after the Pulse nightclub shootings. We didn't. This wasn't this. That wasn't that didn't happen. And now we yeah. have escalated to a level where it, they, it, it, they asked for it. They brought this on themselves. This will happen until. And we see leftists defending using right wing fucking talking yeah. points. That's the worst yeah. part is that we see left wing people now going to the right. The whole MAGA communist bullshit. Oh, we need to use MAGA communism to bring more people into communism. But now they're calling themselves all rightists. Uh, they're saying Hitler's a leftist <laughs> and throwing away the left. It's like if you, uh, there's a concentrated effort here to yeah, push the it's, country right. It's always right. good to try to sweep people into fascism. It's, it's stressor. Uh, it's it's just stress rights yeah it's stress and so that that ramping up is is disconcerting um and should be something that we are paying attention to dangerous it's if your org isn't fuck them i mean i'm not not say leave this is urgent yeah okay this is a this is a a targeted i mean this is this is targeted terrorism on a on a subset of the population at the behest is, of literal fascists. This mm-hmm. is literally what the Nazis did. I, I'm about to say, when I'm trying, about I, to take I'm trying I, I always try and avoid just doing that. This but is they, the book burning. It's everything. And, and, yeah, this, this is literally the book burning. The, this is they straight up the burned book queer books yeah. yes. by queer people and, and they ended because the, the, the government, yeah. yeah, the government was investing so heavily mm-hmm. into these queer ideologies, so it was all a plan of the rich, and we see left-wing people saying that same bullshit. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, Dr. Hassan Ali, for one, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of people fucking quoting him saying that he's right. Where Where is he wrong, though? Just because a billionaire gave some money to a movement does not make that movement a fucking billionaire's plaything. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Learn how donations work and grow the fuck up. Quit getting your information from Alex Jones. God. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's very clear, you know, something people talk about, and we talk about a lot in this book, is we need to reprioritize what is urgent for people, right? Yes. People's urgency is like what some other far-off country is doing to their protesters or, you know, universal healthcare, vitally important, again, but, you know, they put that ahead of climate change. That's not their number one concern, right? And and so it's like, it's not that any of your concerns aren't valid. It's that we need to, you know, just badly reprioritize. Well, guess I mean, what? How many this people- has got to go to the front of the line. Yeah. <laughs> How many theorists are wasting their time defending Russia right now? Yeah. Why? Why? Oh, we understand an imperialist war is bad. Let's move on. Yeah. We should, you know, uh, in Minecraft, get a new server. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> quick, quick, nudge, nudge. Say no more. Well, no, but it, at the end of the day, there is a – look, there is an urgent life and death issue – that is mm-hmm. that is being that is not being confronted and it's not being confronted no. in any concerted way by any organization that I've seen right now. And that may be just my own ignorance. If there are organizations out there doing that, let me know so that I can support them. And 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 well, there are queer self-defense groups coming yes. out of the woodworks yes. now, but it's, you know, uh, John Brown Club, you know, is, mm-hmm. is really the only, you know, major one that's doing explicit political actions as an organization sra is still fucking too terrified you know too worried about getting taken out by the feds or whatever if they declare themselves you know more than just a you know gun well let's let's be clear too that that's a real that's a real concern this country history shows that but no but we're at the point where it doesn't matter Right, you know, right, right. Right. it if doesn't matter do anything, if you're in they've jail. Already won. <laughs> they've already won. We are at the point where there is no base building anymore. Yeah, we're at the point where we have right wing fascist terrorism that is only mm-hmm. going to go up. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means you need to actually think about. You need to actually think about. Uh, you know, you, uh, do, do, is your organization capable of defending itself? Yeah, I'm not going to say how. That's up to you. Yeah, but your communities are at risk. My communities, especially, I am queer and I am indigenous. My communities are very much at risk right now. We are the number mm-hmm. one targets. A school nearby me banned wearing orange shirts because it's a political expression. What? What? Huh? Yeah, yeah. They're literally banning us from you know. Uh, Honoring the dead. Oh my! Because we're God. In... <laughs> but oh yeah, the U.S. flag could stay up oh in school. That's God. not political. God. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, let's let's face it. Political has always just been a harbinger for like, I want you to shut up. I want to bury what you're saying. So it's exactly. political. Yeah. And if it's okay with being said, it's not political. If it doesn't ruffle any feathers, it's not political. And if it does, it is political. Yeah. That's Everything's that's what's always been. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> But yeah, so we're in a really shitty place, and mm-hmm. I don't think people are being real about that. I think the amount of people that are still talking about the midterms is stupid, considering they're over. Yeah, considering I mean, they're over and weren't yeah. of of real 
consequence in, in any material way. No, it's in like Republicans there was no red busy. wave. Yeah, the Republicans. Are, yeah, the red wave didn't didn't kill us. That's not where the fascism is is coming from, though it certainly backs it. Um, the fascism is actually a reaction to not having that. Red wave, <laughs> right. I'm sure. Um, you know. And the Dems didn't win overwhelmingly, nor have they been very useful. And right now, this I mean, they court, actually funded sixty-five million or something like that to write in the most candidates. reactionaries because yeah. they they thought they were yeah they were trying to do the Pied Piper thing um, that they tried to do with Trump, and it didn't work with Trump. And and I guess it worked this time, but a lot of that was no, but people it, farther left running against them and people just being genuinely concerned. Who was the one guy in Pennsylvania? It's dangerous to play that game, Doctor Oz. Oh, Fetterman. Yeah. Fetterman, Fetterman. Dr. Oz. Yes. Yeah, and it's like Fetterman's not going to uphold any of his campaign promises. No. But he promised the party won't let him. Shit, you yeah. know? So it's, yeah. Like, well, it's not even if the party won't let him. I don't think he was ever going to do it. I think he's just saying what will win. Well, you know? probably. Because no. uh, Fox News had an exit poll, too, where they were, is it the government's responsibility to provide citizens health care? 70%. Fox News. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, again, these issues, when they're not. Um, and everything is political, but something can be politicized. It can be driven into where people think of it as separately as politics, and it goes into part in, into partisan politics, and they hug their parties. Any of these issues that have been politicized, um, people just go by whatever the party they cheer for says the most. Any issue, team they, sports, that, right? Any any issue they that hasn't been, you get to hear what what actually matters to people, and seventy percent of people. You know, expect healthcare to be provided because those people actually think when you don't have partisan politics drowning it out. Yeah. Well, and also we're the richest country in the world. Yeah. If everybody Except else, I, I has hate that statement because we have the most oh, money in the world, but the so. median wealth we're like thirtieth. Okay, but the, you're judging it by a Marxist definition. I'm just going by the capitalist. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> See, you're, you're going the against go the up. superstructure. Line go up, line good. Line go down, funny. That's how it works. That's um, all you need. Well, that's like with the the. Did we talk about the insulin company? No, no, God, that was oh, okay. Well, so what pisses me off is that, well, it's hilarious. Sure, whatever. But like, just because the line goes down doesn't mean they lost any money. Yeah, no, no. they're still no. worth more than they were in March. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. this year. Yes. We're not even talking about March. Back when COVID first started. So. Yeah, I mean, this is a very small, myopic window within this stuff. And, and remember, people yeah, are getting so, poor and poor, and the rich are getting richer. Well, what it is, is it's, you know, these companies have hyperinflated themselves to a point that if there is a recession, the numbers will not go below where they were at. Nope. Yep. And and even 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 if that were to happen, they just use it for consolidation. I mean, we well, talked about well, this in the Marxist what circus. they're going to do. That's yeah. what they always do, right? Like, we Yeah, it lends towards... Yeah, unless there's monopoly, and once it hits monopoly, your interest is more lobbing off your competitors than it is, you know, bringing more profits for yourself because well, you control the entire. It's market, not even necessarily all competitors, right? Because there's there's the larger companies have made deals with one another. Well, yeah. And so what they're looking to is get rid of the smaller companies and consolidate them, so yes. that way it's uh, more simplistic business practices. Yeah. I mean, it's in their class interest. Vertical. It's nothing to do with being evil. It's just. Yeah, it's integration. Exactly. It's yeah, synergy. Ver- yeah. V- you know, vertical integration where they own the whole market for their product top to bottom or horizontal where they own across different markets. But either way, they're going to invest somehow. Right. Um, and and it's still monopoly, even if it's it, we, I mean, we've been talking about this since imperialism. That's still monopoly. It's still just a few companies own everything and they have shares in each other's 
you know, um, boards of directors, things like that. Um, also, I wanted to kind of bring up because we've uh, lost a little touch with it. Uh, two things. One, separately, the Haitian uprisings continue. Now, the U.S., people don't even know this. The U.S., you know, sent special operatives there. The U.S. had been having Dominican Republic. Um, and I believe Jamaica was trying to be pushed to go there in Mexico as well. But that, which... that is actually after an initial period, like after the earthquake, where they did have special forces there before, and then mm-hmm. they got in trouble for it. And so yeah. then they were trying to push their fucking pawns to do it. And now they're doing it again, where it's just themselves. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes back and forth, but um, realistically... Well, oh, you know, and... and- that's that's been a thing since 17 fucking you know whatever before we were even a country we yes. sent fucking troops down to haiti to f- not we i'm not even gonna say we y'all motherfuckers <laughs> y'all settlers fucking sent troops down to put down slave uprisings in haiti because you know black people can't be fucking standing up for themselves obviously mm-hmm. it's bad mm-hmm. for business yeah and um uh, i mean let's Let's remember, too, um, you know, the U.S. has been colonizing, explicitly colonizing uh, Haiti since 2004. OK, um, well, I mean, long before that, but I mean, the current administration, you know, whether it's like Michelle Martelli um, or it's uh, Jovenel Moise, Moise before he was assassinated um, or currently it's Ariel Henry, but these are all U.S. puppets that have come in since 2004. They've taken out the people's elected government, and people are starving. I mean, these are the reasons why people are uprising. And so the other, the flip side to this, to the U.S.'s you know, grotesque um, invasion of Haiti, is that it's a sign that the uprisings are getting more and more powerful, you know, and, and people are building power. So there's uh, something terrifying and grotesque that we have to combat, to this and there's also a great sense of hope um so it's it's you know a dialectic of of both at the same time when you see the u.s going in because one thing the u.s has to go in to maintain their their you know power and could always lose on the other hand they're going in and destroying the country more and killing people and that you know that is the reality that we're left with but that is what's going on and it's not getting covered in either direction because revolutionary optimism scares the ruling class and pointing out that the u.s is just killing people in haiti and deporting migrants right back there um and the, the same migrants that were you know being attacked with horses with whips uh on the border last year you know um those are both bad for business. So the U.S. just doesn't cover that. It's, you know, it's all Russia bad or whatever the hell um, or World Cup now. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Cutter. So those those oil monarchies are completely propped up by the West, by the way. They're over 90 percent funded by the West. They were carved out by Great Britain. They serve the West interests. And also, um, you know, so, OK, <laughs> Can we just, since we're talking about settler colonialism a lot mm-hmm. here, yeah, a lot of people are going to say, Qatar is not a settler colonial society. It is, because it operates on borders established by settler colonialism, mm-hmm. and they rely on the systems that are perpetuated by settler colonialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, they literally use slaves, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Migrant workers there are basically slaves. They're the, you they know, hold the, their fucking uh, their, what is it? The passport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're trafficked in. They're made to work, and then they're sent back. 
And I, I think like Philippine, seventy percent of the Philippine economy is these immigrants being shipped around, just human trafficked legally. Yeah. Yeah, and let's be clear, you know, the, anywhere that, that imperialism reaches, there is a level of migrant workers, and they're always the most exploited workers. Um, but also there's a level of it that is straight-up human trafficking, and it happens really, really badly in places like South Korea and Qatar. And Qatar might be the worst for it ever since – and Libya is still not really stable, but it's no longer the ISIS slave hub that it was in 2015 you know, – uh, that I'm aware of. So Qatar might be one of the worst places for it. Yep. Um, so it's not decolonial to, to support Qatar in this World Cup. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> it's not anti-imperial. I mean, like, no, it's none of those things. It's none of those things. Sure, people it's will. It's not even woke. Yeah. It's not even woke. Yeah. People, people will be so damn racist and bigoted that they'll, like, you know, be bigoted against Qatar out of Islamophobia. That doesn't mean that that it's it's in the least bit anti-imperialist to support freaking Qatar. No. Um and and then the last thing I, I kind of want to comment on while we're in our, our uh, segment of current events, I know we're taking a while on it, is, um, you know, keep fighting for for political prisoners. Um, you know, we've we've known for a long time um, a lot of dying political prisoners um, out there from like, you know, Mumia Abul Jamal, uh, Leonard Peltier and currently Kevin Rashid Johnson, uh, the minister of defense for the revolutionary intercommunal Black Panther Party um, used to be New African Black Panther Party prison chapter. Um, is having his, you know, cancer treatment delayed for, I believe, the sixth or seventh time now. Um, it's just continual being delayed basically to try to, you know, get it to spread everywhere, to try to get it to kill him. You know, once it's not treatable, all of a sudden the treatment will be there because that's how this shit always works. Um, so, you no, know, any no, local... that's, that's just because America's health system is just so bad. Yeah. You know? It's not at all because he's a political prisoner. That doesn't no. exist here. No, no, no. Prisons no, are apolitical, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, you know, I mean, any political prisoner, you need to make sure whoever, you know, your organization is doing any kind of protest, phone zaps, any of that for, you know, uh, commissary support, uh, make sure you're fully on board because that is badly needed. Yes. Absolutely, and with that, we will. Yeah. With <laughs> yeah, we can start. With that, <laughs> we are going to transition into the reading for this week. Uh, there were a lot of current events. There's stuff going on in the world sometimes. Uh, well, I mean, I could add another one, but it's also a plug, so I'm just going to wait till the end. There we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Building it in. Uh, moving on to the Red Deal, page fifty-one. Uh, we are at the top of page 51 oh, under the subheading Area 2 me. and Border Town Violence. Border t- oh, I have a book. I should use something other than a clear sticky pad as a book. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks like another one of my notes. You know, I was going to say, they're great for notes, but not only are they blended in with the notes, if it's just clear in the first place, it's hard to see. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Border towns emerged border from towns, the, oh. border towns emerged from the dispossession, relocation, and ethnic cleansing of indigenous people. Borders manifest themselves outside of the common understanding of national boundaries marked by fences, walls, and checkpoints. They are also found within the settler nation itself, at the boundaries between indigenous and settler communities. Border towns are those that surround indigenous nations, often with significant populations of native people, yet they are typically marked and policed as white spaces. 
in the same sense that suburbs were originally, and still are, perceived as spaces for whiteness. The function of a border town is to exploit the identity, labor, and death of indigenous people. Indeed, often a border town's economy relies on native workers and white tourism to museums and stores that contain our art, ceremonial objects, and even the remains of our ancestors. On one hand, settler occupation is always built on indigenous death, and on the other, border towns trade in a narrative of an indigenous past for tourism. That is disgusting. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and tourism very commonly... Um, I can't say it always, but, but but very very often because of the white supremacist structures that we have, um, is is you know catering to white supremacy, right? Um, we saw that you know we, we see that in the example uh, that we're talking about here with border towns. We saw that in the emergence of COVID nineteen, uh, where places that are you know Hawaii, um, you know people people the indigenous people there were like don't come. Don't vacation here. Keep the COVID away. And people went anyway because that's just a vacation spot that is heavily colonized. Um, that long was just, you know, taken over by Dole for for pineapples and by the military as a military base and, and people were pushed off and now has become a tourist trap. And that really secures it uh, along with the formal statehood as a U.S. colony. Um, you know, I, that's something that the like, U.S. Virgin Islands you know, uh, does, I mean, these colonies are upheld by tourism and even the ones that are less direct, you know, like Jamaica, the tourism is often, often uh, a tool of colonialism, right? Because it, it takes the economy and it works it for the wealthy white supremacists and their travel and their leisure and their decadence. And, and it leaves workers, you know, unstable, it leaves workers needing more. And, and then you get into the border towns, uh, that came down as uh, Shigmani too pointed out last time um, from the early you know fur trade posts, and you have a lot of history there that's also reinforced. So you have the tourism, and then you have the settler colonialism. And I am gonna let also, Shigmani too take that a little towns, bit more. <laughs> with border yeah. towns, you also have um, it's more of okay. So it's it's a material term, right? Like materialism dictates we look at how things actually affect but metaphysically there the border town exists um in day-to-day interactions and existence for indian people too um for example in my town i have a fucking 40-foot statue of an indian you know that uh, they just paid sixty-five thousand dollars to paint uh maroon instead of deep red oh. <laughs> Maybe we just pay to take it down? Yeah, please. Is that an option? Oh, every every um, part of that sentence was gross. Then you also yeah. have, like, um, food. Every day I have to go to the grocery store is an expression of a border town. You know, uh, first off, because I live in a border town. <laughs> but also because um, what's happening is the native order confronts the settler order by existing and trying to engage in like, well, you know, we have the no ethical consumption under capitalism, Mm -hmm. trying to engage ethically within the system that's forced on me, you know, in a way that is, isn't how I'm taught to exist, makes things difficult. It makes things contradictory in my brain. If things are contradictory in your brain, it causes a lot of mental anguish as a human being, you want to have a, 
you know, easy way to interpret the world. So there is not only when I say it's metaphysical, it's not metaphysical because I physically have issues in my fucking head because of this shit. You have a higher rate of schizophrenia because our brains break easier. That's my theory, at least. You know, I'm not a fucking scientist, but that's what I think. I don't know a single native who doesn't know a family member with schizophrenia. You know, I, I do not know a single native. That's a terrible sentence. I know every single one of every all of my friends, and I have a lot more native friends than you. Let me tell you. That, I, I, this is Nathan. That's a factual statement. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, like, <laughs> I've been all over the you know country to many different reservations. You know, it's my goal to visit every res. There's 500 plus, you know, uh, recognized uh, federal tribes in the country. So that's 500 places I need to go. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) And I I don't think people, I mean, a lot of them are in Alaska, you know, like I don't think people realize how diverse of a place that is. Um, It's huge too. I mean, yeah, it's it's like half the size of the continent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the continental U S I should say. People uh, think of Alaska, and the farthest they get is realizing that Inuit people are there, and then they just assume it's like overwhelmingly. Uh, like they have no well, idea. Well, it's because they're like, I don't want to say Eskimo because it's a slur, and then it's like, yeah, uh huh, <laughs> yeah, it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> so think, maybe lots you of types sh- of people up there. <laughs> you shouldn't homogenize all of them. That's the issue. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm going to avoid the slur, but I'm going to put forth the entire purpose of the slur. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, my. I, I don't think you got You're so close. You're so, you're so close. <laughs> I believe you can get there. Just one more push. Um. All right. Territories held Into by indigenous nations came under settler control during the several centuries of European settlement and westward expansion through war, massacre, treaty negotiation, and privatization followed by forced selling, all of which forced indigenous peoples off their homelands and onto reservations. The Homestead Act of 1862 and the Dawes Act of 1887 served to divide entire nations into individual land holdings that coupled with threats of violence and increased dependency on the European capitalist economy could be transferred to private settler ownership. Many indigenous people were forced to sell their parcels of land in order to settle debts, pay taxes, or feed themselves and their families. And this is a practice that continued a long time. I mean, this is the primary reason they took over Wounded Knee was because there was a settler family that had a trading post there. I forget. I always forget their name. It's something awful. Some real wild. Oh, I'm sure. But <laughs> I mean, uh, and th- that's what they would do is they would, uh, you know, they take in these objects. So like, for example, porcupine quill earrings, right? Mm-hmm. They would take them in for five bucks, 10 bucks. Those motherfuckers sell for $200 on the powwow circuit these days. Whoa. I'm talking, I'm talking the seventies. They're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> like I stop for roadkill and people think I'm weird and I'm like, you're fucking stupid. You know, <laughs> you don't know how much money that roadkill's worth. You know, <laughs> this is called economics. Well, I mean, people aren't thinking like the, I do, you know, like it's it's a very different way of life. And I don't think people realize just how different it was and how long it's been different. 
Because it's still different, but it's becoming similar. You yeah. know, we finally got fiber optic. Oh, you're ahead <laughs> of me. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's only because of my council people said, uh, we're going to steal all the money and then uh, not do anything for COVID. <laughs> so you all need to just stay at oh. home. <laughs> that seems reasonable. All right. The Homestead Act gave large tracts of land, uh, large tracts of these lands, as well as those recently secured by U.S. Army violence to white settlers for very cheap and was repealed only in 1975. Yeah. Let me let me explain this. We read in Chapter 4 of Our History in the F- is the Future how something like uh, 25% of U.S. adults are descendants of of Homestead Act beneficiaries. 60% of the U.S. population is white. How many of those are adults? Because those are the only people who benefited. Because people of color were excluded from the benefits. Yeah. So, it's when I say 25%, what I mean is almost half of white people in existence right now in the United States benefited from this. And those are the adult ones we're talking about, but we're counting the children in that 60%. So you got to do the math because I'm bad at math. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you do, you but push those numbers and those you get are back. The variables. They don't sound good. Between you me message and Nathan, me. chances are at least one of us. No, um, <laughs> not me. You're not, not it. Uh, A fan do that math and then tell us. So we it have probably is for me. My family used to be like really, they were right wingers from up by the airport, which is the really sad part you, of St. Louis. I bet you you both benefited from it without knowing. Oh, I, I, I like everybody thinks that everybody thinks they're super far removed. Oh, from no. it. And it's like, nah, no, nah. probably not far from it. Like no. my partner, I met her dad and he's like, oh, we actually have land out there. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, but we gave it back to the tribe. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. He's like, but we kept the mineral rights. And I was like, oh, oh you did. God. <laughs> of course you that did. was a roller coaster ride of emotions right there wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah okay <laughs> this is just so normal it's casual people brag about that yeah. to me it's like you don't realize why that's bad <laughs> <laughs> issues you need to confront them uh the Homestead Act gave large tracts of these lands, as well as those recently secured by the U.S. Army violence to white settlers for very cheap, and was repealed only in 1975 after transferring millions of acres of land to white settlers. As indigenous nations became dislocated from their lands and forms of subsistence, they increasingly became forced into wage labor for the very settlers who stole their land. They also were forced... Oh, Farmhands yeah. is like the biggest... The, for, okay, the medium income on my res is $2,000 a year. Okay. Most of the jobs are ranch hands. I mean, that's, you know, that's not working out. <laughs> Jesus. That, I again, not great at math, but no. That that math that math I mean, doesn't feel people good. People who work at McDonald's make like five times Easily. That. Yeah, I would you say know. so. Um, so that's, that's incredible. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing you hear about when people are talking about quote unquote third world countries and, and how, well, that's why they call it third world living conditions. (laughs) But it's just, and again, it is, it is just insane to me that we live and function 
in a in the most in the wealthiest most money dense place on earth and that's allowed to happen and no one seems to be violently angry it's how it became that right it's the same it's the same way that you know um, no healthcare is allowed to happen the same way imperialism is allowed to happen. These they're how that wealth accumulated, right? It's the same way prison slavery uh, labor is allowed to happen. It's how that wealth accumulated. The robbing of the land and and the destruction is how that accumulated. That's that's where we get, uh, you know, our theory. It's it's what is first world is was the U.S. Uh, second world was the Soviet sphere. Third world was the non-aligned, and fourth world is the colonized people within the major settled colonies. Correct. Well, I want yeah, and so I want to call. My capital of North America or whatever, North America indigenous people, I want to call that like uh, how 1776 underdeveloped <laughs> or maybe 1492 underdeveloped the Americas. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, so it's, it's like all- the counter revolution of 1776, but also hearkening to uh, the Fernando Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, no, well, not Fernando Rodney, but uh, Fernando Rodney wasn't Fernando Rodney. Walter, Walter Rodney. Rodney. What Holy the shit. hell just happened here? <laughs> My brain went bananas. <laughs> I made up a person. <laughs> okay, so we're Fernando cut that and say, Rodney. Walter Rodney. Oh my! We're keeping I don't know that. Who the oh fuck my! Fernando some colonizer (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's too funny (laughs) Fernando it's upsetting it's really upsetting that that's going to get cut because that would be the first awesome recurring character of this book no I mean I'm going to bring up Fernando Rodney again David's never living that one now we're just going to Fernando every Everyone, right? <laughs> so everybody remembers Fernando Marx. Yeah, Fernando Lenin. People people talk about Fernando Trump being the worst uh, president, but I think it was Fernando Bush. So <laughs> this is the stupidest joke this in the is world. So bad. <laughs> oh my god! All right, let's move on. Moving on. <laughs> in the air that night. They also were forced to rely on nearby trading posts and mercantile stores to exchange rug weavings, pottery, and wool for everyday necessities. Settlers, on the other hand, were largely dependent on indigenous labor in the early years of westward expansion. Oh, how did I lose my thought there? Oh, oh wait, didn't you? No, yeah, no, no, no. That's I, I thought so, and then I, I, I doubted myself. Sorry. Uh, but I was going to say um, the rug weaving, pottery, and wool... That's a DNA specific thing, you know. So, like, dream catchers became a real like tourist, like what what are they called? Like, quiche. Oh, quiches, yeah, quiches. kitsch. Yeah, what quiches? The quiches. <laughs> what are those? No, those are the little pies. Those are the tiny little pies with the yeah. No, <laughs> no, but like you know, like these became common, like you know, uh, tourist trap goods because. We were going to these tourist traps because they were usually like settler outpost efforts. Yep. It's really fucked up. 
Settlers, on the other hand, were largely dependent on indigenous labor in the early years of westward expansion, and to this day, border towns rely on indigenous people to work, shop, and create products to sell in stores or markets that profit off of native art and culture. I mean, go to a fucking hippie. Fuck it. I mean, like, I, I shouldn't say hippie. I, you know, like a drug event of any New sort, age. You know, like, they have all kinds of fucking... Burning Man, you know, headdresses and shit that they're selling. Like, it's fucked. Mm. Many of these lenders, pawn shops, and trading posts offer indigenous people a small profit for family heirlooms or artwork while selling these items at a higher price to white collectors, museums, and wealthy individuals. I just, the word family heirlooms, just for some reason, that hurts physically in my body to have to read that. As a former drug addict it doesn't like i don't know that's common. okay i just okay and that <laughs> people be selling family heirlooms well let me tell and i guess, okay. well, I guess what, I'm, what i'm more i guess what i'm more getting to is is family heirlooms to me mean nothing i i have no connection to any of that kind of stuff it means nothing to me oh you don't have any heirlooms of any sort she wanted to tell him a white person. What kind of heirloom do you think? I have a tomato in the backyard. Well, that sometimes it's like a family Bible. You ever hear the song? Oh, yeah, who gets the I, family Bible? My, my whole family is Catholic, and, and I even have some in-laws who were Franciscans, and so, like, rosaries are... are oh, yeah, rosaries are good. Yeah, one. no. You get the family crucifix, maybe a lazy boy. You don't pass down TVs? Uh, I mean, yeah, me and my brother share TVs. That's about it. Oh, that's not a family heirloom. That's you and your brother. Shit. I don't know. Like, wow, you, wow, that's, see, well, this is what I, you know, I feel like whiteness is often like a, like the reaction of like harming other people comes with a longing for what they don't have <laughs> because they've been robbed of those culture. Like a lot of people's heirlooms are family recipes. If you think about it. That makes it. sense. Like one of my, fi- a lot of my, one of my, like uh, what I think about what I got from my white grandparents in their death well only one's dead the other one has alzheimer's so she's on the way out but sad stuff anyway uh (laughs) when i think about heirlooms i got from them you know it's it's maybe you get a patch of land that's less common these days uh maybe it's a house that you still owe debt to that's more common but less common these days uh but most of the time it's just debt and then fucking like yeah some trash that no. <laughs> you know they hoarded no, forever that's, that's what and it they, i mean i i cleaned out some photo albums and that's I, about the, it, the, yeah. the closest yeah, thing i have couch. to a family heirloom is a 1984 mercury grand marquee that i drove when i was 16 mm-hmm. uh that caught on fire with me inside of it so i i don't know if that's i don't it doesn't really spark Did you a lot not of changes oil for like a year no no it was an electrical fire thank you very much the fine folks at at the, the the car had sat for like 15 years and not been driven uh it was it was a death trap and then you started it up and it caught fire oh no no, no. i drove it around for a couple weeks and then it caught fire oh okay well hey yeah uh... if it was just a startup and catching fire that's like a, a joke in a steve martin movie. yeah no it was it was <laughs> My... good I, it was it was it was it was a great it was a great heirloom um but i think the reason that that hit hard was imagining i imagine that heirlooms in indigenous culture are going to be a lot more way more a lot more precious and then a lot more exploitable oh 100 percent. a lot more 
sentimental to the person selling it and meaningless to the person. Yeah, it, it. it's right. I mean, how many white girls have fucking dream catchers on their mirror in their car? Yeah, that's what that I'm saying. Just bought from fucking, you know, Spencer's gifts or some shit. Like, like there's that. nothing you could do to me. Like, there's nothing that anyone could do, hang up or do that that would offend me culturally because I have no culture. I have no identity rooted in what you're saying. If I put a giant saltine on your front lawn, <laughs> you wouldn't. That's not my culture. That's my twin. <laughs> I found long lost cousin Joey. That was good. No, but see, to me, saltines means poverty and white culture is just impoverishing. Yeah, world. no. I mean, as someone that has a couple boxes of saltines upstairs, don't don't tempt me right now. Well, so we, I, okay. Up here, you get a lot of like great depression snacks still mm-hmm. like from old people. And it was just butter on a saltine cracker. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, now we're elevating saltines? I was like, man, this is not a snack. <laughs> that's that's an old is... hardtack recipe. Sometimes you got some butter around when you got that hardtack. <laughs> oh, Jesus. my gosh. Boop, boop, boop. Car dealerships, payday lenders, and other predatory businesses prey on indigenous people on and off reservations by locking them in an endless cycle of debt. This relationship of capitalist exploitation and border towns continues the long history of colonial extraction from indigenous peoples, lands, and labor. These border towns, like those along the southern border, are locations of extreme levels of surveillance, policing, and violence in order to contain the threat of indigenous existence that contradicts the myth of settler society. The continued presence of native people signifies the incompleteness of the settler project, which responds with anti-indigenous violence. Violent interactions with the police are common, along with the law enforcement of the enforcement of laws restricting native people's movement and behavior that proliferated as border towns arose across the West. And then maybe we stop there because it's a nice place to stop. Yeah, no, I agree. But I, I actually want to ask you a question. So along with the enforcement of laws restricting native people's movement, what 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 is that referring to? I'm I'm woefully ignorant. Okay, here. so oh, I could get right into this. I love this is why. Yeah, I'm no, here, le- right? legitimately, because what wow, when they say this is re- why we're I'm trying here. to think of restricting movement. What are they? What is what are they referring so to? So for okay, I got I got several examples. Wow, I, I can go all in into this. Holy shit! Uh, so for example, um, let let's go close to me first. Okay, in Detroit, there is a sugar grove which is like a maple grove planted by indigenous people long ago that if you don't know, syrup has an amazing caloric index. So if you're trying to supplement a lack of calories, putting syrup on your food will make up for that, right? It gives you the energy you need. It burns quicker, but you still get more calories and it's going to burn that sugar first instead of say, like if you put it on pancakes, you know, that's one of the ultimate cheap meals. You know, I don't I don't know about y'all, but I grew up eating a lot of pancakes. Yeah, I like <laughs> pancakes. I love, I love me a pancake. Some peanut butter on there, too. You're full all day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> oh, what, what are you oh. doing? Ooh, you are missing out. I mean, it's better on waffles. Yeah, waffles are top. But... Waffles are where you go with it. Yeah, waffles are better than pancakes, but pancakes are, you know, the quick. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're quicker. They're cheaper. They're. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anyway. Well, it's the same price, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same batter to me, you know. <laughs> but, okay, well, unless you, you put in the buttermilk, the waffle or something, well, yeah. Okay, I guess <laughs> that's true. I guess yeah. 
everybody has like an 80... so to me waffles were ego yeah. or, or a restaurant oh see i got this waffle maker from my dad this is one of my arrows <laughs> i got this waffle maker from my dad that he's had since he was like homeless in san diego <laughs> so i actually plug that shit into the wall and then pour batter and then, you know. I, I actually i love cooking and i grew up and i had never ever had a waffle maker and then i got a waffle maker as a wedding gift me and my wife oh, got it together oh. from her grandma who died like a month before our wedding and then we just never used it because we were afraid to mess it up because it was a gift from her grandma and before we went to use it it fell out of the cabinet and broke it was terrible oh, no. so i've never used a waffle maker properly <laughs> this has been the worst story oh. it's it so yeah. sad what the I'm fuck sorry. <laughs> oh my, my waffle makers have, have just they, they're allergic to me okay oh how did we get here um strict body okay, to so anyway. movement restrictions in detroit <laughs> so um you know uh there's this sugar bush collective that uh goes down there and they do a traditional uh, like sugar bush camp which okay this gets into a whole thing uh the anishinaabe do a lot of these like agricultural and this is a common practice in many different uh, indigenous cultures but the, this is a specifically anishinaabe thing where i've learned it from at least and that they would do these sugar camps where you know you get together and if you've ever made maple syrup it, it hours of just boiling you know so much syrup and it, you know you get gallons of this shit and it boils down to like nothing you know, uh, but you get um, uh, maple sugar out of it and you get uh, maple syrup. And so both are excellent. Uh, maple sugar is way better for you than like granulated. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Plus, you know, like molasses isn't that good for you as well. You know, you have a lot of carcinogenic processing going on in there. Like carcinogens are just chemically bad for you. Um, I theorize it helped us become smarter, but being smarter has to come with some sort of disadvantage. Monkey so paw curls. We get, well, no, carcinage, like if, cause you think about it, there's no animal that really cooks its food besides us. That's like the only thing we have unique to us. Everybody else makes tools. That's not unique. I, I know you think it is, but it's not. I mean, fucking dolphins make dildos. Yeah. <laughs> A sentence, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. A sentence. But anyway, so restricting movement continues bigger than just cops coming in and fucking up these sugar camps. That's where they restrict the movement, right? This is a public park. Theoretically, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to collect food here, right? There's no reason you shouldn't be able to have a fire there, especially in the winter. You know, um, I mean, it's usually a little drier, but there's a lot of snow nearby. It's easy to suffocate a fire, you know, Um so, so you, you know, the only reason cops are doing that is because it's different. You know, they don't understand why people in Detroit would be harvesting their own food. But if you understand Detroit's history recently, being the first bankrupted city in America, I think it's pretty reasonable for people to be harvesting their own food there now. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Not to mention you have the restriction of where you can fish, where you can hunt, etc. Like, if I was going to hunt... I would hang out on my street and just watch this fucking place right behind my house. And I could shoot a bow over there and hit the deer. No problem. You know, there, theoretically I could get a deer and eat, you know, the, for the rest of the year. Yeah. Or at least for the quarter of a year, depending on how much I'm eating the venison, I try to stretch it out. Cause you know, venison's great, but <laughs> <laughs> I love me some venison, <laughs> but, um, 
you know, uh, so that's just one example is hunting. You know, it used to be a lot harsher back in the day, but it's it's gotten better since then. Uh, but then you have like examples of nations along borders. So in Canada, you have like uh, the Aquasazme, uh, whose reservation are cut in yeah. half by the international. And you mentioned that before, you yeah. Know, so that's when when white people think of a border town, they think of those international imperial borders. Yeah. But then they don't realize that that border cuts through there. But then also there's an imperial border when you materially look at it around the reservation. Yes. Yeah. So there's two borders there actually. And then, you know, there's this no man's land where maybe white peoples feel more um, obligated towards the tribe. And you actually have white people turning to tribal politics and paying attention, closer attention to tribal politics in those rural areas, you know. And But you, we don't have any jurisdiction over those white people, but they're more than willing to engage with our politics, you know, and they'll affect it, you know. They can do whatever the fuck they want. You know, they can tell our people how to vote, however they think would help them the most. And, you know, get into all thing there. But then you also have the Tohono O'odham, who we've mentioned many times, or Tohono O'odham. I always fuck it up. But um, uh, they have uh, 200-foot towers that are going to be being put up along the northern border, too. Don't don't mistake that. But along the southern border, they've already been put up. Okay, the invisible wall exists, and there are 300, 200 foot towers that track your fucking movement, your thermal footsteps through the desert. You know, if you go and leave water out in the desert, they can just watch where you fucking walk back to. And I, I shouldn't say 200, 300 feet, 200, 300 miles, like fucking, like they have a huge radius. Not to mention, I'm sure now that airports count, yeah. they're going to put those towers there. And these towers were developed by Israel to contain Gaza and uh, the West Bank. You know, uh, it is 100% interconnected settler colonial violence. You know, a lot of the contractors that went to Israel came from South Africa. You know, there's so much interconnected apartheid bullshit going on. It's unbelievable. But the restriction of movement is very obvious, especially like, uh, okay, so here's another, like, this isn't codified. But on my reservation, when you're going to the nearest border town in the state, say you have a warrant or say you're on probation, you can't leave the state without permission. And in South Dakota, you're less likely to get permission because they're going to think you're going to go drinking or something for being Indian. You know, that's just one way. Okay. Secondly, when you go to Rapid City, which is where Walmart is, that's the cheapest place to get f- food and stuff. It's an hour and a half, two hour drive. So now you have the issue of gas. How are you going to get that? So that's one another way of restriction is economically not providing the means of travel. There's no buses out there. You know what yeah. I mean? You're fucked. Um, <laughs> and then when you get there, uh, or if you get there, um, along the way... Uh, if you're going the short way, because obviously you're trying to save money on the gas you can barely afford because the only gas station in town, well, along the way, it's not the only gas station in town. It's the only gas station along your way to Rapid City because in town is at the southern end of the fucking reservation, which takes an hour to get oh, to along. God. So my family lives nice in the middle. And so the only fucking gas station is Sharp's Corner. There used to be two, but they're all right next to each other. Uh, <laughs> And it, it, it's it's the fucking one junction. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, that's where all the fucking driver, like truck drivers go. So they're not catering to the native communities. The only reason that gas station exists is for white people's convenience. That's it. It avoids the tolls. And so uh, you have to go through, you know, that area. And then you go all the way up to uh, what's called scenic South Dakota. And uh, in 2014, they finally took down the no dogs or Indians allowed sign on the bar. Oh, 2014. Fuck you. Not only that, that bar is most famous for drum roll being a KKK bar. Because the KKK makes a pilgrimage to South Dakota, usually during Sturgis, uh, to go celebrate Mount Rushmore, much Mm, like they do Stone Mountain, who was carved by the same person. Nazis, KKK, white supremacists. I mean, the original Nazis, let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, when you have to literally go through a racist town with a speed trap, mind you, you know, so you're going 65 through the res, you know, the Badlands, and then all of a sudden you just hit this town 25 all of a sudden, no warning. There's not even a reduced speed ahead sign. You know, they are trying to give you a ticket. Yeah. That is a restriction of movement, whether you think about it or not. Yeah. That is a restriction of movement. 100%. Thank you very much. Then you also have vigilantes, which is a whole other thing, where it's just white citizens going to fuck with you, which is exactly what's going to happen there, right? But you'll also have cops at that cop bar. You know, that's why the speed traps. You also have cops waiting, you know. But um, fucking, you also have an example where... uh okay let, let me try to explain this in, in a way that makes sense um you vigilantes will so okay uh, my reservation you can go to south dakota you can stay in south dakota and go to rapid city most people because rapid city sucks and is super racist go to gordon nebraska or like white clay white clay used to be where you went to get liquor before um my reservation um uh stopped the prohibition on alcohol um because we've had a prohibition on alcohol up until like recently um (laughs) crazy uh it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) turns out that's the issue uh but um so uh you would go into white clay and uh people would like go up to the liquor stores which were all positioned near the res like where the reservation road came in so all the liquor stores are there so indians only have to come that far into town and then they can leave right you'll have a bunch of white vigilantes a bunch of racists up there waiting to beat us up they'll gladly take our money but they're gonna beat us up probably take the liquor you know whatever they don't try any to stop these people or anything you know it's still a practice today it's less common than back in the day but fucking, it's still a practice to this day. I mean, on 4th of July, I don't go out drinking and stuff unless I'm with a bunch of white friends because I do not want to get Indian rolled is what it's called. And that's where they just beat the shit out of you for being Indian. You know, having long hair on the wrong day. Fucked up shit. You know, you might think that lynching's not a thing anymore, but it is. And that's lynching. I mean, uh, look into the story of Raymond Yellow Thunder, if you got the time. 
But yeah, that that answers your question. Yes, it absolutely does. Very okay. efficiently. Thank you very much. Uh, that being said, we are going to wrap it up for the week. Uh, when we do that, it usually means that we talk about the various ways that you can contact us because this is a podcast and sometimes you need to reach out to us for things. Uh, for the Mark's Madness side of that equation, you can reach out to us at marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. You can also get us on Twitter at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter. DMs are open if you need them for anything. Uh, and if you go to our Twitter, there is a link in our Twitter bio to our Discord server. Uh, if you're terrified that Twitter is going to stop existing and you would like a place that you can go to that has like-minded people and will still post memes and things of that nature for you in a whole channel and, and, and nice little organizational format, you can come to our Discord. Uh, if you would just like comrades that are there to listen uh, when you have ideas that you want to bounce off people or talk about your day-to-day life, we are there for that too. Uh, anything and everything we can do to help give you a place to be when things are rough out there. Um, and I mean, I've invited a couple people based on huh? that. <laughs> I've invited a couple people into the server you, based on they, that. And we I have, we, exactly. We've had people join. Shigamani 2 has been uh, directing some people towards towards the server, and it is, it is a very chill, good time that I, I highly recommend to all. Uh, that being said, uh, Shigamani 2, plugs uh so um okay uh my personal twitter is bands island you can reach out there or you can reach out to uh chunkaluta 1973 so i think i i ended up having to go with for the twitter was the only place chunkaluta was taken. <laughs> <laughs> everywhere else i got chunkaluta except twitter so i'm almost hoping now yes so, yeah you wanted to pray for the demise <laughs> um <laughs> but uh yeah i'm starting a, a new media project it's not really new it's a continuation of bands of turtle island with a a better name because there's a lot of nuance there um that I've never really gone into in depth enough. And uh, <laughs> I've got invited onto a couple collabs now where people have felt it necessary to go, no, 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 no. Don't worry. This you, I know they said turtle Island, but it's not what you think. And so I'm like, Oh no, oh, no. people are, are, are advanced now. You know? <laughs> They've so, leveled up as the conversations. Well, I mean, uh, there's a lot more indigenous people speaking, and I like to see that. Um, it's really nice because when I started in 2019, there was almost no indigenous Marxists for me to point to. Now I have a handful that I can toss at you that all cover unique things, yeah. you know, um, and it's only growing and it's a beautiful sight. Um, I love seeing that. And, um, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, along with plugs, uh, you can also reach out to me at um, uh, ch- Chunkaluta at Proton me. I think is their suffix or whatever it's called. Uh, domain. <laughs> I don't know what those words are. <laughs> anyway, fucking. Uh, that's the email, or you can go to Bands of Turtle Island at Gmail. That's still up and running. Uh, I'm also on like Instagram now as Chunkaluta. I don't check it. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm doing this all by myself mostly. Uh, yeah, a lot of my co-hosts are reinvigorated by the prospect of a rebrand, I guess. So that's awesome. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. Keep an eye out for that, but otherwise bands of turtle Island is, uh, wrapping up. 
I'm going to be uploading collabs I've done over the last year and a half that I've procrastinated uploading, including a bunch of Mark's Madness stuff. So those of you listening on here, maybe, I don't know, you don't want that. If you don't want the Mark's Madness episodes specifically, then I would just go for the Patreon subscription because the Patreon I'm probably not going to upload the Mark's Madness stuff on just so everybody has access to the free. I don't, it's a whole thing. It's just, you know, I don't want things to be paywalled. And I feel like I'm cheating if I upload Mark's Madness content as a Patreon content. <laughs> I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> Mark's Madness does but, uh, not, does not uh, it says do whatever you want yeah, with our no content. With do, what you, yeah. do what you do. Uh, <laughs> most importantly, I'm plugging my winter survival drive that I'm fundraising uh, $3,000 to pay for a U-Haul uh, soup kitchen and blankets uh, as well as winter clothes for uh, my reservation. I actually, as we started recording, I had just got a message that one of the people my uncle delivered wood to today was burning their clothes to stay warm. <sighs> so I cannot stress how serious this is, but I've seen several things start up and finish since I've started doing my fundraising. Please help indigenous people. I do not think you understand how little we're getting help. Okay? Okay. Anyway. Yeah, that's really sad. I don't know how common that is, but I do not want to find another elder doing that. I would like to get them wood before that happens. I've already sent about $700 to the reservation of the money we've gotten for gas, oil for the chainsaws and stuff. And it's, you know, a few hands out there right now. It's only like three hands. I'd like to get out there myself as soon as possible. I can only do that when you pay for the U-Haul. And then I can take out a bunch of donated wood because I know a bunch of lumberjacks out here. The wood's not the problem. The problem is the transportation. That's the issue. And we need a big transport to carry as much fucking wood as we can so people are not burning their clothes this winter to stay warm. That's fucked. That's fucked, and they're not going to get help. They are not going to get help from anybody else. So fucking step up. I, uh, You're it. Come on. Come on. Let's go bring communism to my reservation, and we will have a fucking national revolution and declare ourselves independent and start working with Cuba and shit or something. I don't know. But I would like to see that happen. Seriously. You do not understand the possibilities. We already have relationships with Cuba. They've already offered to let us build reservations there. If it wasn't for the fact that that's not a solution. Like, the history is very deep. And the left has been hidden from the Indian perspective on purpose. COINTELPRO continued to hide Indian people after it ended. It wanted to destroy indigenous nationalism after black nationalism because it did a fucking great job at ending black nationalism in fact vine deloria jr talks about it in 1969 fucking custer died for your sins where he said if the black nationalists had continued their fervor i'm sure they would have seen more success that's a lib saying that a zionist lib you know (laughs) like well and he's only zionist because he's like Oh, Jewish people probably have a right to the homeland, right? And it's like, okay, sure, why not? (laughs) But then he doesn't like put two and two together and learn anything about Palestine. But yeah, he was from, you know, he's in America. 
You know, yeah. what do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a native that is only allowed to learn from the colonizer. You know, we're not allowed to learn our own history. How, especially back then. Now we are, but you know, it's, it's harder to learn than you think. Yeah. Like I have to talk to elders. That's what he had to do. He knew a lot of more elders back in the day. I got a lot of cool footage of him, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on. And, uh, the indigenous question is barely touched by the left. So uh, please fucking start studying. Start studying and please study before you fucking speak. No investigation, no right to speak. I shouldn't have to fucking, you know, have kindergarten conversations with people. Like, I, I <laughs> the fact that we have to have a conversation whether or not Lenin and Marx were wrong for supporting the American revolution is fucking stupid because there's a book called opposed book worship. Okay. And if you read that, we know Lenin Marx and Mao are humans. They can make mistakes. Yes. And it turns out if you don't know all of the history of the American revolution, because America has an invested interest in hiding certain aspects, then yeah, you're not going to have a full picture. And I don't think Lenin cared enough to have a full picture of America because why would it fucking matter? Yeah. It would not matter until he's running his own country. And at that point, you could not learn enough. You couldn't. You just couldn't. It is impossible. You know why? Because there's 2,000 plus unique nations still in existence. Back then, there was probably even more. You know, the Termination Era existed. So fucking, you know, get just get your head out of your ass and be a materialist, a historical materialist, and pose book worship. Fuck. This shouldn't have to be said. I don't know. I shouldn't have to be able to... I don't know. I think it's ridiculous that I'm the first person that said to some people, Lenin was wrong. You know, like, you shouldn't be like, Lenin's sad, and then I have to be like, Lenin was wrong. Yeah. You're crazy. Wow. That's... It, it's almost like when Marx said that a revolution would occur in the most capitalist state, and he was wrong, too. It's crazy. Well, speaking- I don't know. It's actually a good exercise in not throwing the baby out with the bathwater too, because like you don't throw out Marx because he predicted Germany wrong. You you yeah. know you build on that, but when Marx is wrong, Marx is wrong. Same thing. You certainly don't throw okay. out, you know Lenin. The state and revolution is 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 pivotal work, but also Lenin can be wrong about the American Revolution. Well, I think the mo- like the ultimate rebuttal to like right wing canards, right, is like you. What about what about Ven- Venezuela? You know whatever. You know what about Venezuela? And it's just like. Okay, I I don't agree with Venezuela. I think Venezuela could do better. <laughs> when it gets down to it, arguing against you, I support Venezuela. But when I talk to my comrades, I, Venezuela, you know, I'm I'm glad to see the recent announcement for socialism by 2035. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. And the only reason they're saying that is because they think China will, you know, be able to achieve that and back them, you know, yeah. that wouldn't be able to exist without a multipolarity. Right. And if we finally have that coming into existence, 
And that's why we don't really need to, you know, back Russia as heavily as people are insisting, because this multipolar world is not predicated on Russia. It is predicated on China. Okay? China is the communist, not Russia. Yeah, well, and additionally, you know, Latin America has is is getting support from each other. You know, we talked about uh, Bolivia and, and how revolutionary um the uh uh i've suddenly forgotten the the word for multinational what do they call themselves plurinational Plural national. the the plurinational uh revolution in, in bolivia um you know you're seeing lula won an election and and gustavo petro won well, elections with, lula, though, with uh venezuela you have the risk of you know support towards you know, yeah i mean is true lula was is not red. Yeah. There's a reason. I, I love Bolivia. I think Bolivia's doing a great job. However, if you had an explicit Marxist fucking state, then, you know, these fascists would not be running amok as they have yeah. been for the last three years. Yeah. You know? Like, uh, Venezuela, too. That's another good example. You're Like, you. It, the reason they don't put these people down is because it gives the U.S. the excuse they want to go invade, right? Mm -hmm. That's the reason why they don't. So, you know, they're going about it as peacefully as they can, and they're being so lenient, so lenient. And I don't blame people for being upset that they're being so lenient with fascists. I really don't. It would be upsetting to me, especially, like, the indigenous people are demanding Janine and is, like, be, like, fucking shot. You know what I mean? So it's like... You know, I wish the government would listen to the people in this moment. You know what I mean? They were all for listening to the people for a long time until they started saying, hey, we should kill the fascists. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, well, that's a little too far left for us. And it's because they have a technocrat in there instead of fucking Evo, I think. But, you know, I'm putting a lot of faith in Evo. I just think Evo did a great job, Zal, and I'm biased. But (laughs) That's besides the point. The point is, is that the pink wave in Latin America is only so much, right? It it shows that there is a loosening of a hegemonic power, and it does show that there is a multipolarity, but that multipolarity is only guaranteed by China's dominance over the U.S. growing. You know, they're beginning uh, by like 2025 or something like that. They'll have the same size uh, Navy that's designed much like the USSR's Navy, to track the U.S. because uh, the U.S.'s Navy is mostly so large. uh, Like, we get to claim the largest Navy, not because we have the most battleships or something like that, because we have the most drone submarines. Yeah. And we can patrol 75% of the surface ocean at once. Yep. That's crazy. That's a crazy large amount of the ocean to be able to patrol. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, and David, a disclaimer? Um, I actually so in lieu of a disclaimer today because I really want to push. We we had some really good discussion on and and disclaimers are important and we'll do it most of the time, but we do it every time people have been through enough of this book. I just want to mention again with the recent current events, uh with the talks about border towns in today's episodes and uh Mushimani 2's efforts uh to raise funds to to get people through the winter you know get out there and 
support your communities, protect your communities, support your spaces, protect your spaces. We need each other. You know, I mean, th- this theory is, is vitally important. There's there's no praxis without theory that we say that in disclaimer, it's definitional because it is right. But it means nothing without going and doing. And, and the real meaning of going and doing is fighting for each other. The real reason for this theory and this organizing is to organize how to fight for each other effectively, to protect each other and defend each other and fight for each other's liberation. So go out there and fight for each other. Amen. As always, that being said, this has been Mark's Madness Pod. We read books. My name is Nathan. My name's David. I am Shomani. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye. Talk show.